It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Mockadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD 101.7103.5-1460 AM. We're live inside the Mockadoo Studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline. That's 540-639-4900. That's 540-639-4900. Lobro joining me here inside the, the Mockadoo Studio. Um, Lobro, let's go ahead and give it to him. Let's get let's get a half-hearted weather update from our guy Lobro. Uh, well, it's dark and cold outside, like it kind of has been. Surprisingly, though, it hasn't been dark. Oh well, well like, yeah, it's dark at night. It's not like Alaska where it's sometimes yeah. it's like dark for like thirty days. I guess the days are short, but not not. I mean, we're on the we're on the comeback there. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Like mm-hmm. it'd be nice to have some extra extra daylight. You want to something funny? Uh, my wife had a girls' weekend in Tahoe. She was in Lake Tahoe this past weekend. Where is that? Uh, west, way, way, way west, California West. Oh wow. Um, wow. But she she grew up snowboarding and skiing and stuff. And I'm big tree fall hard, right? So, uh, like once a year, she goes with other ladies, other girls, her her high school friends that uh that grew up on mountains and stuff and they go do that and then I don't have to pummel myself for an entire weekend hmm. and she gets her yayas out. Um she was like on a ski mountain and it was significantly warmer there than it was here this past weekend. That makes no sense. It, 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 like and she's upset with it, right? They're upset with it cuz they want it snowing, they want it to be, you know, good snow, cold, all these other things. Uh and I'm upset with it because I want it to be warm cuz all I'm doing outside is like walking the dog and going to the dog park and and I don't need it to be cold for that. I would rather it be warm. Um but yeah, it was flipped the whole time. On a on a second note too, uh so I went uh ice skating for the first time yesterday. I got to tell you. Now, I've been roller skating How a many couple falls? of times. At least four. Nice. I th- Good ones? Is your tailbone sore today? Well, what yeah, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, well yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I felt once once the first time I did almost like a full-on split. Okay. It did not feel great. Yep, it happens. Um, and then once I fell on my side, and then I hit my ribs on yep. the floor too, so that or the ice. And then, the, then like one, I fell right on my behind tailbone. It, it did not feel good. I'm telling you, man. It's see, as someone who's been roller like inline skates, like mm-hmm. rollerblading before, and like I. That's not bad. Like I feel like within about thirty minutes or so, I can kind of feel like I get somewhere. Ice skating, I felt like I got nowhere except on my behind. Here's here's my favorite thing about ice skating, and and I don't want to say I'm a good ice skater, but like if I go ice skating and my goal is to not fall down, I cannot fall down. Like I've I've over Christmas I played hockey for the first time, ice hockey. Oh wow! I feel and, like that's got to be impossible. And I fo- I fell a bunch, but I can I can do it right. But one of my favorite things is at an ice skating rink. I'm talking like family style, right? Not an ice skating rink with like, you know, the the nine year old junior Olympian figure skaters. Like when it's when you go to one of the places where everybody's just like, you know, scarves, hats, coats, holding hands, skating around, you see the most um un uh, instinctual cover up laughs, right? People fall and that ice is hard. Yeah. Like you, you, like it hurts when you fall. We've all done it and it hurts, but immediately everyone starts chuckling when they laugh. And it's so very obviously because their body has told them they're either going to laugh 
or they're going to cry. You get to choose. So they go a legs up in the air, blades flying, hip or tailbone just smack. And immediately it's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. and in my head, I'm like, that's because you're holding back tears. It hurts. And, and every, oh. that's a lot. And their friend comes over to help them up. And they're like two hands as they stand back up. And oh, did you see me? I fell. And then as soon as everyone, like, as soon as you're no longer the center of attention, right? Cause when you fall, everyone around you is, is looking at you. As soon as you're not the center of attention, you see them like grab their hip and just go like, Oh, oh gosh. Cause that, that ice is hard. That's how I felt. Like my fiance did not, I don't think she fell at all. Now, like, oh, if she had never been ice skating stud before. Stud athlete. I, yeah, I guess you could say that. Hope she's not listening to me saying that right now. But, like, yeah, like, she didn't fall like any. And then I'm over here, like, falling all over the place. And, like, it, it was, I think the hardest part Big about it. Big tree fall hard. You're a tall guy. Honestly, I think the hardest part about it is that the the ice skates themselves, they're, like, very, I'm not, I'm now, I'm not somebody that likes their, like, attire, like, form-fitting, very, like, Well, you need tight. to have them tight. If they were oh, yeah. loose, you'd be all over the place. Uh, yeah, and it's just one of those things where, like, it's very uncomfortable for, you know, of course, I think just about anybody can agree they're pretty uncomfortable. Well, it's not like wearing sneakers, but it's not like wearing, you know, like a corset on your foot. It's not that bad. I don't know, man. They didn't have, like, the, the, the highest they went up was a 13, the sizes, and, like, Man, I'm telling you, I had to like force my foot into that thing. All right, that's but, a little. But it's uh, but it was fun. It was fun. That's a little bit from Low Bros Weekend. In the Gotcha Covered segment, we actually end with a little bit from Low Bros Weekend. This is Gotcha Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry, Tim will get you covered. And let's get started with the biggest story of the weekend. That, of course, being football. The XFL is here, and it's not that bad. I mean, if, if a spring football league is going to work, this is going to be it. It's run correctly. They have spent the money where it mattered, meaning coaching and quarterbacks. How about this one, everybody? Most players are making less than sixty grand. Starting quarterbacks, $495,000. Because the XFL understands that the quality of play starts, begins, ends, finishes, midway, everything with the quarterback position. If this doesn't work, then I'm going to tell every single billionaire out there with their eyes on owning a professional football league, you might as well just save your money and try to buy an NFL franchise because the XFL is the best shot we're going to have at it. For those of you paying attention to the games, the D.C. Defenders, how about this, everybody? Good football in D.C., winning football in D.C. You just have to look at the Defenders. They win 31-19 over the Seattle Dragons, which sounds like a made-up team. The Houston Roughnecks, 37, with at least part of that due to Cam Phillips, former Virginia Tech wide receiver, scored the first touchdown in the history of the Houston Roughnecks. They win 37-17 over the L.A. Wildcats. The Tampa Bay Vipers, Weighed down by the quarterback play of Aaron Murray, former Georgia star, uh, end up losing to the New York Guardians and Matt McGloin, 23-3. And then the final game of the weekend, the St. Louis Battlehawks, who by far have the coolest name in the bunch, end up holding on to beat the Dallas Renegades 15-9. Jordan Tamu, uh, 20 of 27, 209 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions as the Battlehawks get the victory. Also, XFL history made by a former Virginia Tech Hokie. Cam Phillips scores the first touchdown in the history of the Houston Roughnecks. Ricky Walker, defensive lineman, formerly of the Virginia Tech Hokies. The first player in the history of the entire league of the XFL 
to get kicked out of a game through a punch in the first half of his XFL game for the Tampa Vipers, and he was escorted to the bench. We'll see if that becomes a habit or if it remains something that seems so unbelievably out of character for a player like Ricky Walker. John Jones in the UFC octagon defended his light heavyweight title against Dominic Reyes by unanimous decision. We've had this conversation before regarding Conor McGregor, but there is something about the primitive, about the barbaric sport that is UFC that encourages the country to overlook things that we don't overlook, almost expecting our barbarians to act barbaric. How about this for a resume? And I'm not talking about in the ring. I'm talking about out of the ring. John Jones has a hit and run on his record where he fled the scene leaving an injured pregnant woman before returning to the car to take cash out of the car and then leaving once again. He has two separate suspensions for cheating, two separate doping suspensions, and also pleaded no contest to battery charges against a waitress July 21st, 2019. Not even a year ago, and we're still celebrating him this past weekend as defending the light heavyweight title and maybe being the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. He's a monster, and we need to treat him like we would treat other sporting stars from other sports when it comes to their their, uh, off-the-field, out-of-the-octagon resume. Virginia Tech basketball lost to Boston College in overtime. They are gassed. They are fatigued. Their legs are not under them. Until they hit overtime and you get that extra uh, jolt of, of adrenaline, their shots were not falling. They were struggling. If you take Landers Nolly out of the equation, he did have a good game. The team shot the ball very poorly, and that comes from fatigue. That comes from not being able to get your feet under you. Luckily for the Hokies, their their heart was still in it, their mind was still in it, their fight was still in it, they're still 100% bought in to Mike Young and his program, and that's how they were able to force it to overtime after trailing for much of the game, but unfortunately for them, it still looks like they're going to be gassed. I do like the final shot, though. It was no good in overtime, but I like Landers Nolly taking it. He shot 54.5% from the field. The rest of the team shot 38.6. He shot 42.8% from three. The rest of the team shot 26.3. I want him taking the shot, and more importantly, I want him to want to take that shot. And on top of all of that, the absolute biggest story of the entire weekend is our very own producer, Lobro, has gotten engaged. Shout out to him. Shout out to his future wife, Allie. We are super stoked for them. And that's how you end. Gotcha Covered. Tim Donnelly Show continuing, coming out of Gotcha Covered. And it is Hokie Hour, which means we have to talk about Virginia Tech losing to Boston College in overtime. If there's one thing I can take away from that game, this team hit the wall. This is a bunch of freshmen, and in some cases, right, Jalen Cohn uh, amongst them should have been high school seniors, right? He passed on his senior year of eligibility in high school to come play in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, This is a whole bunch of freshmen, redshirt freshmen and younger than freshmen, that are playing in the Atlantic Coast Conference and realizing how hard it is, how much of a grind it is. This team has hit the freshman wall. They were 13-4. and Now they've lost five of six. Right? They're gassed. 
They're out of it. They're fatigued. They're drained. They're exhausted. Whatever term you want to use for very tired, that's what they are, right? The, the college basketball season is more difficult than a high school basketball season. They shot 30.8% from three, uh, and they actually shot worse than that in regulation, which tells me a few things. One, when you get tired, the first thing to go is your legs, and when your legs go, the first thing to go is your shooting. They're not shooting it well. That's because their legs are gone. That's because they're fatigued. In the overtime period, you get an extra boost of adrenaline, right? In an overtime period, suddenly your legs, which were jello, are now like, all right, I got five more, five more minutes for you. They knocked down a couple threes in overtime, which boosted up their three-point percentage to 30.8. But that doesn't go about changing the fact that the contributors on this team, the heavy rotation players on this team, are giving it their absolute all. Their mind is in it. Their fight is in it. Their will is in it. Their heart is in it. They are completely bought into Mike Young and his program. But their tank is on empty. And each game, here's what's happening. You ever been to, been in a situation where, where maybe money wasn't rolling in too quickly? And you got your car with gas, and and I mean you're putting you're putting three dollars and seventy five cents in the tank, and 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 it, it doesn't feel good because you know as soon as you start driving again, you're gonna need more gas. Right, it's enough to get you home without the e light going on, but it's not enough to get you from home to wherever you're gonna go next. Yeah, that's kind of where the Hokies are now, right? They're recharging their batteries as much as they can between games but they're putting like $9.45 into the tank, which gives them the opportunity to start the next game strong, but it's not going to get them through. Uh, PJ Horn, Landers Nolly, Tyrese Radford, Wabissa Beattie, and, and Naheem Aline all played 33-plus minutes against Boston College. Everyone else played less than 15. Those five guys... There's no way they could have replenished 33-plus minutes in the tank. There's no way. They are tired. They're not used to this. And I'll tell you, do you know what I think is going to be the most spirited thing of this Virginia Tech team over the next year? What's that? Off-season conditioning. I think this team is realizing right now how important it is to come into the season in marathon shape. Right to come into the season so overly prepared for basketball that you can progressively get in worse and worse and worse shape as the season goes along, as you put your body through the meat grinder of the ACC, and then as it drops down, you still have plenty in the tank because you started off ultra-marathon shape. Right, Start off like you can run 100 miles, then as you beat your body up, by the end of the season, you'll still be able to run 30. And then there was the final shot. Landers Nolly for three, for the game, down two, end of overtime. Most didn't like it. I'm going to tell you why most are wrong right after this. Hokie fans start jumping. More of the Tim Donnelly Show is next on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7103.5, a.m. as well. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro here inside the Mockadoo studio. Here's the deal. Landers Nolly took a shot to win the game at the end of overtime against Boston College for the Hokies. 
It didn't go in. And because it didn't go in, that brought out all of the second guessers, all of the, oh, he shouldn't do it, all of the, hey, he shouldn't try to be a, a hero, people. And I'm here to tell you, shut it. Take that and shove it. Shut it, shove it, do whatever you got to do with it, but get it the heck up out of here. I like the shot. I want my best player, which Landers Nolly is, to want to be a hero. I want him to want to take that shot. With 10 seconds and under, you don't have the luxury of, of waiting out and being patient for the perfect shot. Right? I'm seeing a lot of people saying, oh, we should have swung it to Jalen Cohn and then down to Hunter Couture. You don't have the luxury of waiting around for the perfect shot. What you do have is if you see a good shot for your best player, you have your best player take the shot. You don't pass up open looks from the only guy that has it going on your roster with the game on the line. And, oh, you you think he wasn't the only one that had it going? How about this? Do you know what the team not named Landers Nolly shot from the field against Boston College? 38.6%. Do you know what Landers Nolly shot? 54.5. That's 16 percentage points better. You want someone else to take the shot? Go ahead. From three, Landers Nolly shot 42.8%. The rest of the team, 263 that's 16 percentage points better for Landers Nolly. But you want someone else to take the shot? Get the heck out of here. Get the absolute heck out of here. It was not a rushed shot. It was not a pound the ball into the basket, uh, pound the ball into the ground and pull up for a shot without running an offense. It was a shot set up by a teammate. It was an NBA three. It was not a half court shot like some of you are making it out to be. Right? He didn't pull up from uh, Roanoke. It was an NBA three for a guy with NBA potential, definitely all the strength. He had been shooting well, including a three point make in overtime. He's the player you want with the ball in his hands. At the end of the game, he made a decisive decision that got them a good shot with less than six seconds or whatever it was on the clock, which is enough time for a rebound and a putback, which is something you want if you're taking a deep shot with the game on the line. And on top of that, there's actually one more thing. Gosh, I wish I, I, wish I had... Another minute here, but we'll save it till after the break. There is one more thing about that shot that I absolutely love. One more thing that Landers Nolly saw that none of you are seeing that says that shot was the right shot, it was a good decision, it was a smart move, and it's why Landers Nolly is the absolute man. Stick around. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, a.m. Here's the deal. Landers Nolly took the shot at the end of the game for the Hokies. At the end of overtime, 
because he had to be the one to take the shot, he had 29 points. He was shooting over 50%. He was shooting over 40% from three. He had to be the one to take the shot because he's the only one that had it going. And on top of that, one thing I want out of my superstars, right? And you see this at the next level, the difference between a guy like, say, Monte Ellis who could, or Gilbert Arenas, right, who could just fill up the scoring stat column and someone like, uh, like say, a, a, a LeBron, right, or um, a Steph Curry, is that they can feel the pulse of their team, right? They know what's needed on a play-to-play basis without, uh, without anyone needing to say anything, right? It's, it's knowing this guy needs to get a bucket, so I need to work hard to set him up. This guy needs to not take a shot for a while, so I need to create for myself. The team needs me to score. The team needs me to distribute. There's a great story that Reggie Miller tells where early in the season, uh, he was playing against Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan in the first half had like four points. And Reggie Miller, I think he might have even been a rookie, had like 12. So coming out in the second half, Reggie being the trash talker that he is, starts going into Michael saying, you know, you know, hey man, you got four, I got 12. What's going on here? Let's go. Hey, new, new sheriff in town. Years later, he realized Michael wasn't even trying to score. Michael realized it was one of those games where it was more important for him to get Scotty involved to get Steve Kerr involved, to get Horace Grant going, right? He, it, Michael realized this was a, a game where what was needed wasn't a huge amount of points from him, at least not in the first half. And then Reggie started talking trash, and suddenly Michael realized that what was needed was for him to reestablish his dominance, and he finished with 44 points, 40 in the second half, right? You need to be able to sense those types of things as a great player. I believe Landers Nolly knew he could sense that the Virginia Tech Hokies had nothing in the tank left for a second overtime, right? They had emptied their reserves on the first overtime. They had Nahimaline had already fouled out, right? They had nothing left in the tank. So what he knew needed to happen was at the end of that first overtime, They were either going to win or it was going to be over because there was no point in going to the second overtime and getting run out the gym because they were so gassed. So he looked for the best shot he could have that guaranteed binary results, either a win or a loss. And the only way to do that was to shoot a three-point bucket. It was either going to go in and the Hokies were going to win and they were going to steal one or they were going to miss and they were going to lose in the first. There was no way that was going to go to the second overtime because they believed he knew the awareness, the unspoken, the nonverbal, the peripheral vision, whatever you want to call it, he knew that team couldn't go to another overtime and win. Him and Aline were the only guys that could get it going offensively at all anyway, and Aline was out of the game. It's, you got to trust him in that situation. 
He's made his mistakes. Going back to the Syracuse loss, I agree. He's made his mistakes. He hasn't always been the best player in clutch time, but but you got to trust your best player in that situation. I love the way the final possession played out for the Hokies. L-O-V-E. You want to sing the song for us, Lobro? What song? L is for the way you look. You don't know that song? Mm. At me. Really? No, I don't. Don't know it. You ever watch Little Rascals? Once in like woodshop class at the end of the semester in like middle school. Why in the world was woodshop where watching? Were they? Was it because they built the blur? It was because the teacher liked Little Rascals. Because they built the blur. You don't know what the blur is. Their 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 box car that they raced. The blur. And come to think of it, that might have been the deeper meaning behind us watching it. All right. Well, either way, moving on from from that, put Little Rascals on the list of movies you have to watch. Ah, not that one. Alfalfa, Spanky. I mean, I don't think it's Buckwheat. I don't think it's a bad movie from from what I've seen, but eh. He man, uh, uh, Delilah is her name. Delilah, Delilah. I couldn't tell you. He man, the guy that talks like this. He has a lizard. The He Man Womanators Club. Come on, man. I'm just going to let that I got a dollar. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. Hey, 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 hey. Just going to let that sit. Come on, man. You know all the... Actually, you'll appreciate this. All the memes, right? All the memes. Two kids standing in a trench coat. Oh, wait. Like where one's on top of the other? Yes. Okay, I get that. Little rascals. Gosh. Um, it's our, uh, we got to move on. I could sit here and berate Logan for the movies he hasn't seen, uh, for years and years, but instead we'll move on to our favorite segment of Hokie hour. It's time for hashtag Hokies. Hashtag Hokies is real simple. We go on to Twitter, the underbelly of the internet. We find the conversations that are, or we find the tweets that start conversations that we want to have. And we drag them up into the light and have those conversations right here on the Tim Donnelly show. And I'm, I'm, Gonna double stamp a triple stamp here. This was the easiest hashtag Hokies to find in the history of hashtag Hokies because Dalton Keene held nothing back. Dalton Keene, uh, tight end for the Hokies that has uh, declared for the NFL draft. He's been invited to the NFL Combine, so he's a legit NFL prospect. Um, on his way out, decided to respond to a troll on Twitter. Right there was a troll that was talking poorly about Coach Fuente, and and Dalton Keene responded with, and this is word for word from Dalton Keene's Twitter. I am going to read it as written. Fuente is a coach that demands 100% out of his players every day. I don't think that makes it a toxic environment at all. And to be honest, I wouldn't want to play for a coach that would settle for less. If you're not 100% in, then get 100% out of the program. That is firm and to the center of the cup. That is aggressive. That is, you, you ever hear uh, celebrities when they start talking about, oh, that's not what I meant. There's context there. Oh, that's, you know, you're taking it out of, that quote isn't completely true. You know, part of me wants to say, be direct then, right? Don't speak in, in sarcasm, right? Don't just, if you got a point you want to make, just firm into the center of the cup, just as hard and as straight as you possibly can. Dalton Keene is that dude. 
If you're not 100% in, then get 100% out of the program. I wouldn't want to play for a coach that would settle for less. Now, here's the, the, the only thing that I'm going to add to this. Or not, I'm not going to add anything. Here's one of the things that I'm going to comment on it. In every locker room, right, let's say there are 85 guys in a locker room. There are 85 different opinions about the head coach. I'm not saying that's bad either. They could be 85 different strands of positive, but there are 85 different opinions on the head coach. Oftentimes, how successful a program is comes down to how many of those 85 believe exactly what Dalton Keene is saying. That the coach is demanding, but he's fair. That he expects 100% of you, but that's how you want it. The health of your program comes down to how many of the 85 guys in a locker room believe exactly what Dalton Keene said. How good you are is how many have that 100% buy-in. And there's no way to know. Right? I mean, I mean, I guess you could look back on a season and, you know, if you win a national championship, say everyone was bought in, that's obvious. But but it's it's, you know, you can't diagnose it until it's an autopsy. You can't diagnose it in a living, breathing team. Because if you're a player on that team and you don't believe that, you're never going to say it. Never, ever going to say it. I guess your actions could say it, but then you're interpreting things. The question for this year's Hokies team, just like the question for every year's Hokies team, and just like the question for every team at every school in the ever, ever, it's how many agree with fully believe, have no reservations and no hesitations on what Dalton Keene just said. That's how good a program is. That's how good a program is. Let's take a break. When we come back, the Hokies did have two players make all-time firsts in the XFL. One good, one bad. Find out the importance of each when we come back. Don't rush off. The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. Welcome back in. Tim Donnelly Show, Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7103.5, AM. Lobro joining me here inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker team hotline. That's 540-639-4900. It appears to be raining outside, just to keep you updated on the weather. It looks like it is kind of uh, drizzling a little bit, so uh, be careful. I'm trying to keep the people updated, Tim. I'm not a licensed meteorologist, but I can at least let the people know what's going on outside if they're just waking up and they haven't pulled the blinds back yet. I was looking at you because I don't think it's raining. Wait, are you serious? No. It's wet. There's water on the cars, though. There's a puddle right outside the window that is not rippling. Wait, are you serious right now? Yeah, I don't believe it's raining. (laughs) I Where think you the, just stopped the show wait, to tell us that it's raining. There, and it's, it there, might be like foggy, kind of like a mist that you drive through, but it's it's No, but like the cars are wet. Do you not it see? may have rained at one point. How did we miss it? I don't know, but I think you just stopped the show to tell us that it's raining and it's not raining. It looks like How about this? How about this? I'm gonna do a little segment here on the XFL. You go run outside. If you yeah, you'll be back in five minutes, right? Uh, yeah. Go tell us if it's raining or not. 
You actually want me to go do that right yes. now? Yes. Put the headphones down. I'll handle it from here. When you come back in, we'll see if if you're actually crazy. So the XFL took place this past weekend. Cam Phillips, Ricky Walker for the Hokies both participated. Both made exceptional first impressions. Um both positive and negative. Cam Phillips, first touchdown in Houston Roughnecks history, a bomb down the right side, absolutely abused his defender, and that's awesome. Because make no mistake about it, the XFL's biggest allure to players outside of, of the very few – Lowbro is outside, by the way. Uh, he, he made it outside. He gave me a thumbs up. I don't know if that means it's raining or not. Um. Uh, the the allure to players, especially not the starting quarterbacks, because starting quarterbacks can make up to half a million dollars. Everyone else is not making anywhere near that, maybe a tenth of that. Um, the allure is their ability to potentially get back to the NFL. That's what their allure is. That's why they would play. That's why they would they would uh, go to the XFL. So, so making that first impression on NFL scouts, that first deep touchdown, that first statistic that you can hang your hat on goes a long way towards being one of the players that they pay attention to. If you think an NFL team is going to sign any player that doesn't emerge in the XFL until week 8 out of 10, you're crazy. An NFL team is only going to sign the guys that from start to finish are impact players, and you can't be an impact player all season if you don't start game one. So Cam Phillips, shout out. Ricky Walker was the first player ever ejected in XFL history. Threw a punch at, a, at, a, at an offensive lineman that was being a punk. Post-play, offensive lineman keeping a handful of jersey. Ricky didn't like it. Brushed the hand off. Sent a shot to the face. Um, got ejected immediately, right? Referees were mic'd up, and the first thing they were saying is 97's gone, 97's gone, 97's gone. That's the exact opposite, right? Because now he is going to have to be worth the risk, right? NFL teams are going to have to look at him and think he is so much better than the next guy that you'll take him even knowing that he lost his cool in an XFL game. What would he do in an NFL game? So it's two different sides of the coin as far as first impressions go. One, uh, Cam Phillips has set himself up to be one of the guys that is on the radar for the NFL the entire season. And the other, Ricky Walker, has now made a hurdle for himself that he has to make it over if he does intend to play in the NFL. And that's just what it comes down to. You make your bed, you lay in it. Cam Phillips, he's got comforters, he's got big pillows, he's got a Tempur-Pedic. Ricky Walker, he's sleeping on the floor with a blanket right now. He's at a friend's house and the friend forgot to even give him a pillow. Lobro, you went outside. I did go outside. Now, now you walked by this, okay. no hood up. No hood up. And my hands were out. It's slightly drizzling. It's like it's not it's like peppering. It's not it's not a steady thing at all. It's just it's barely, barely. You know, like when you're sitting there outside at like a like a children's football game or something, and you're sitting out there on the bleachers and you're like, is it raining? I think it's starting to rain. And you like you feel it. Before I, starts it sounds raining. like it's not raining, but you're trying to convince us it's, that it is. It sounds have, like you stopped the show to tell us that it's raining outside, and now you really don't want to be the guy that stopped the show to tell us it's raining when it wasn't raining. How about you go outside 
and you see that it is raining. It's cold out there. I'm looking at a puddle, and it's not rippling. Because it's barely. It's enough to where you're like, you're... Like, the naked eye is not going to be able to see it from this distance. So it's one of those invisible rains. Yes. Does that even make sense? No. It's it's there. I promise you. I'm not crazy. I don't, I don't know how we can, we can take your word for this one. Go outside. Either way, I, I would argue that if you're driving, it's probably safe to drive as normal. Oh, yeah. Prob- well, I mean, the road's probably a little wet. Don't, like, go From invisible crazy. rain. You can see. The road is wet out there. From all the- of the invisible rain is getting it wet. Ah. Low, bro. We'll let it fly. We'll let it slide for today. We'll let it go. It's drizzling outside, everybody. So, uh, so drive safe, I guess, is what he wanted us to do. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, Duke, North Carolina gave another installment in a great rivalry over the weekend. We'll talk about it right after this.